The largest cross-border drug case in Toronto police history has collapsed. And that has a lot of people wondering, okay, how did it go wrong? And I'm not sure if we have a definitive answer, but here to give us some insight into how a case as big as this one can come undone is our crime specialist, Mark Mendelson. Good morning. Good morning, John. When in doubt, always go for the red pill. Okay. Just my thoughts. Good to know. Okay, so So, this case is $61 million in cocaine, crystal meth. Um, There was cash, like a million dollars in cash. There were 20 people who were facing charges. How does something like that come undone? Well, we're not sure that it has come completely undone. It's difficult to sort of glean. You got to read between the lines in the article in the Toronto Star, but you're right. 61 million bucks in coke, crystal meth, a million bucks in cash. 20 people arrested, 182 charges laid in total. And this has been in the in the legal system now before the courts for about two years. And it looks like yesterday the federal crown uh, got up in court and uh, essentially withdrew the remaining charges on. We don't know how many people, but at least two, if, if, we, if we're reading the article correctly in terms of uh, defense lawyers that were speaking. So at least two people had all their charges withdrawn at the request of the Crown. And why does this happen? Well, the Crown has the authority and the ability, if there is no reasonable prospect of conviction, on those particular individuals to withdraw those charges. And the Crown does not have to elaborate to the court what the reasons were. It's what the defense lawyers uh, said in the the article that, that maybe tells a little bit of a clearer story. One of the defense lawyers uh, said that there were some, quote unquote, procedural problems. That's one of the reasons that the Crown will withdraw charges. If there are issues with the search warrants, if there were uh, pretrial rulings that didn't go their way, um, if there were issues that revol- you know, involving disclosure from the police to the Crown and the Crown to the defense, things of that nature. And most important, there could be a, a confidential informant or a CI involved. And maybe if they were to proceed in these particular tr- Uh, cases and these charges that the identity of the uh, confidential informant would be compromised. And that's a non-starter when it comes to the crown. Having said that, John, let's let's look at the bright side. You got 61 million bucks worth of dope that never made it to the street. You've got uh, at least two people who had their charges withdrawn. But let's talk about what happened with the other 18 or 17 people that did not have their charges withdrawn. In other words, were these people yesterday in court sort of the low hanging fruit? We'll just we're just never going to know whether it was the big guns that that got convicted or pled guilty or what have you. And, and, you know, these sort of lesser involved people had their charges withdrawn. So it's difficult to draw conclusions at the end of the day as to exactly what happened. This is a good example of where a crown might want to come out and sort of explain uh, his or her decision to the courts at the end of the day. But it's it, this. I, I, I'm not getting the sense that this has thrown the baby out with the bathwater. It sounds to me like, uh, you know, at least 16, 17 of these other people have gone through the process. We just don't know, uh, you know, what their disposition was. So you can't call it an abject failure if we don't know where, where the problems lie. And I'm just curious, in your work as a homicide detective, did you ever have a case come apart for, you know, because of the evidence search or because a witness withdrew or did anything go south for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time when, when you're dealing with with, with uh, you know live witnesses, people who who are going to go to court and explain what they saw, what they heard, et cetera, who they spoke to. Uh, witnesses get scared. Sometimes they resile from their position. Sometimes witnesses disappear. They just don't want to be involved in the system. They move. They make themselves unreachable and you can't subpoena them. You can't get them into court. It does happen. Uh, you know, you do your best to sort of keep your witnesses close and keep everybody apprised as to how the justice system is 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 moving along in that particular case but yeah sometimes uh, witnesses you know they just crash and burn right in front of you and you have no option and sometimes pre-trial motions take place and judges exclude certain evidence that was originally seized in a search warrant etc and that sort of lowers the the weight uh, or the strength of the crown's case at the end of the day it's all part of the justice system always appreciate your storytelling thank you sir have a good morning, John. Good talking to you. That is Mark Mendelson, former homicide detective with Toronto Police Service, now our crime specialist.